Today on the Zapecast, is baseball near or is baseball far? Near, far, near, far. Oh, who the hell cares? A day of teases on Wednesday, but still no deal. Notorious J.A.Y. is out from behind the paywall. We talk Kaepernick, Aunt Jemima, and the NBA's dystopian bubble. All that plus a rare collectible from a dude who once cut off his own ear. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Thursday, June 18, 2020. Thank you for downloading. We got a lot today. We'll try to cram it into as economical a space as we can. Let me start by saying I don't have Grover for you. I said I retired him yesterday after Wednesday's teases from various sources. I'm like, well, hold on. Near, far, near, far. What are we? And then I realized, oh, shoot. Grover is on the other computer. My main iMac, 17 inch, or no, 2017, 21 inch iMac. No, 27 inch? Yeah, 27 inch, 2017 iMac with a fusion drive. It's part solid state, part regular hard drive. And it's fucking failing. Three years in, it's failing. Luckily, there's a listener, uh, Jody Bell. And he is really, really helpful. Unbelievably so. Only lives about 20 minutes away from me, which is actually kind of close. And is a super computer whiz and has helped resurrect this computer once from the brink of the dead and is going to have to do it again. But he believes and I believe that this fusion drive is just too much trouble. So what could I do? I could replace the drive, cost money. I could boot from an external drive, cost money. Or because I do a lot of video editing and editing of the podcast here on the uh, Macs. You got it. Get a new Macintosh. Oh, my wife is going to be so excited. What should I get? What should I get? What should I get? And I want to get a standalone Mac that is pretty good horsepower. Kind of the Mac Pro, which used to be made as a cylinder. They've gone back to the big industrial-sized shape of it, the big... uh, tower. And I know they're hella expensive, but I do end up doing a lot of video editing. I'm going to do more as I go forward. So it makes sense to invest. And, and I want to get one of those Star Trek super wide curved screens. Uh Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. It's about time. So if you have any suggestions for me on Mac Pro level computer, I want to graduate from the iMac, Mac Pro level desktop computer for my video editing and editing of this podcast, as well as recommendations, do's and don'ts, watch out for's with a big curved ass screen. Let me know. Because I, <laughs> I got the fever for a computer. And also, by the way, where can I, once Jody gets this iMac up and running, which he will because he's a fucking wizard, and I get everything off of it safely. What can I do with it? In theory, it still works, but the uh, fusion drive may be failing. Where can I sell it for a couple hundred bucks? Trade it in? Does anyone know? Is there an Apple program? Let me know. Let me know. Okay. So, baseball. Where do we stand? John Heyman said on Wednesday that a deal is expected for about a 60-game and 70-day regular season starting July 19th. Full proration of salary expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021 and the waiving of any potential grievances. Then as the afternoon wore on, people said, no, 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 there's no deal. We've had good talks. We might have the framework for a deal, but there's no deal. No deal. And as of this taping on Wednesday night, there is no deal. So if I had Grover, who lives as a soundbite on a computer that's now dead for the moment, I would say they are still near or kind of far. A little bit of both. We'll keep our eye on it, obviously. Meanwhile, in the NBA, complications, more complications with the reboot, with the bubble city trouble, 
ESPN story with Zach Lowe, NBA Coaches Association fears the new league standards and guidelines could bar team staffers in high-risk categories from coronavirus in Orlando Restart. They say it could, quote, severely jeopardize their future employment opportunities. So in other words, the Coaches Association is already like, hey, fuck the Rona. My guy wants this job, you know? Tex Winter was coaching on the NBA sidelines deep into his 70s. Uh, Tim Gergerich, same thing. These old cats that are on the bench as assistant coach 6, 7, and 8. I kid you not, that's how deep some of the benches go. They're like, fuck, you're going to tell me I can't coach? No. I'll take on the Rona. I'm not scared. Shit, I'm already getting close to dying anyway. I need the money. I want to enjoy my retirement. You're going to bar me from coaching? Fuck that. So that'll be interesting to watch. Dwight Howard has released a statement about the restart in Orlando after expressing his reluctance to do so because of social justice. I quickly looked at the statement and said, TLDR, and moved on. Actually, I said TLDRDC, which is the highest form of TLDR. And you know what that stands for, right? Too long, didn't read, don't care. Gee, what, what? Strokes chin. What does is, what is Dwight Howard now think about the restart? Broncos standout safety Kareem Jackson tested positive for COVID-19, a source confirmed to ESPN. He had cold-like symptoms but expects to make a full recovery. Good. Note, this will happen dozens and dozens of times throughout the rest of this year. Please be advised. Keep calm and carry on. On a call today, NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills said, quote, we do not feel it's practical or appropriate to construct a bubble. League will rely on robust contact tracing, education, and testing, and anyone who tests positive will be isolated until medically appropriate. Note, they didn't put a hard number on it. They didn't say 7 days, 10 days, 14, medically appropriate. Good. Smart by the NFL. It's funny how any bit of coronavirus news gets pounced on. Pounced on by certain people, mostly people that are on hashtag Team Apocalypse, not hashtag Team Reality with the coronavirus. And hashtag Team Apocalypse are the ones going, well, I don't know how they're going to play this season. Oh, my God. Uh, Negative, negative, negative. Darren Ravel jumped on this one. A number of people jumped on it. Florida and Orlando reported that nearly 50% of the 500 people tested at Orlando's International Airport had tested positive for the Rona. And now granted, that that's a holy shit. Like, wow, that's a big number. Guess what? Took about an hour and they came out and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. This is this was a mistake in reporting, or maybe maybe the state fucked up, or maybe somebody, you know, took what they gave them as information and misconstrued it. It turns out that it was less than Uh, It was more than 500 people. It was like 25,000 people that work at the airport. And that the 252 positive tests had accumulated from March. So it wasn't like we just tested 500 people and, oh, shit, half of them have the Rona. But people jumped on it because, you know what, they're now cheering on this surge in Texas and Florida. And it's the usual sports people that are doing this because you know which way they lean politically and they just want Florida to be a disaster and they want Texas to be the same. And the problem with people like this, like there's people that just don't want to admit reality. Let's be perfectly honest. The virus is here. It's out. It's spreading. We can't contain it. The only people that can kind of keep it at bay are places like hospitals or sports leagues that spend a lot of money to create quote bubbles which are not impenetrable there'll be positive tests along the way the rest of society can't create a bubble and if you're thinking for one hot second of shut down to fuck off die no chance we can't do it i would hope people wouldn't accept it but there's a lot of karens who would accept it 
So there's that. And then there's this. Speaking of Karens, we had a gaggle of Karens at the chop in Seattle when a middle-aged white dude, Trump t-shirt, MAGA hat, and United States flag over his shoulder, strolls up casually to the boarded-up exterior of the magnificent autonomous zone, where, by the way, they're asking for supplies. They had a sign. Supplies needed. This, that, the other. Hey, whoa. I thought you were autonomous. It's like the line from Princess Bride. I don't think you know what that word means. Autonomous. He goes up to the outer edges of it, not inside it, of course, where shit's boarded up. There's an American flag upside down, spray painted with love and rage and Black Lives Matter. And there's trash on the sidewalk. And, you know, it's fucking disgusting. And it's amazing that it's even being allowed to persist this long. But, hey, Seattle's going to Seattle, right? Guy strolls up and just starts looking at something posted on one of the plywood boards that is boarding up one of the stores and a gaggle of Karens, mostly white Karens, some decent lookers, but they're crazy, but uh, middle-aged white Karens with one black woman immediately come over and start the, the unmistakable call of the Karens. Take a listen. Oh, God, I love it so much. She's got, of course, what looks like a Starbucks iced coffee, very fashionable shirt on, and, of course, a mask. Very traumatizing. They're literally standing in front of a boarded-up, vandalized, looted area of Seattle where there's a SoundCloud rapper who is the warlord of Chaz walking around with weapons. And it's the guy in the MAGA hat quietly walking up to the sign to take a look at it. That's traumatizing. It's traumatizing. It's traumatic. Your hat and your flag are traumatic at this point. Like what, are you, what, is your, what are you trying to gain here? There's really nothing. You're looking at dead bodies. You're looking at dead bodies and then you're wearing a hat that says, do you support the person that killed them? A black woman now rolls up. She does not have a mask on. And she suggests something with the flag, which is interesting. And that's not a make America thing. Oh, yeah. It sure is. So obviously you came here to start shit. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I'm saying. One, you can't start shit. If you in your face and you want to be on YouTube, go home. Someone got a lighter? Oh, someone going to light the flag? I like that bitch on fire. I like that bitch on fire. Okay. To be honest with you. What is he doing? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he just stands there looking at it. This is incredible. And there is so much blame at the feet of social media. What it's done to people's brains. The way they think, the way they act, the way people accept certain things as truths, it's just staggering. But this woman clearly, I mean, she looks like she's got a job and several of the women, they're like, what are you doing down here? You're not a 20-something hippie dropout that's part of the Chaz. You're just down here to sort of flex, to just you know, feel like I'm, I'm supporting this autonomous movement. And oh my God. A hat of the sitting president, MAGA hat, and a flag. It's traumatizing. And then one of them says, I'll light that on fire. Again, like there, there could be no negative ramifications for starting that. Who knows what the guy's got? Maybe he's packing. Maybe he's been laid off from a job. Maybe he's planning to commit suicide, and he figures he's going to commit suicide by going down to the Chaz and starting some shit and waiting for the first suburban woman to come up and try to light his flag again hello this is the real world you don't think negative outcomes deadly negative outcomes can't come at any moment when you're talking about crazy people don't engage them
Yeah, was he trying to start shit and maybe post something for YouTube? Sure. You could also argue, hey, if we're all in this, got to express our rights to say this and say that, this guy's expressing his, uh, his opinions without even saying a word. Traumatizing, of course. Before I get to Jay, a couple letters here real quick. Robert Cooney says, Hello, Brother Steed. Just finished listening to today's Abecast starring the ex-Mishpuka. That's Yiddish for family. And I have to say, it was easily in your top five all time. It was so genuine and heartfelt, it felt like I was listening to a bunch of friends just shooting the shit in the basement, or in this case, in a van. As the father of two teenage boys who are sports fanatics, both as players and consumers, it was just what I needed to escape from the craziness of the times. My boys have been sequestered with their mom and diabetic stepfather in Calvert County since the pandemic started, so I do not get to see them much these days, and your show reminded me of some of the most some of the same conversations the boys and I have had many times. So thank you again. Be well, Robert Cooney. Thank you, Robert. Yes, I enjoyed it very much. I don't know how it played with other people. I don't know if they found it compelling. I, I often have no idea if any particular podcast is compelling or not. So I'm glad that that one hit. I got a lot of good feedback from it as well. My only complaint was, you know, I had to crank the AC in the middle of it and I could hear the AC humming in the background, and I'm like, nah, hate that. Not sure how to mitigate that. I think once we get out of the summer, I'd say from October through April should be fine. I can pretty much do those interviews inside the van without any AC whatsoever. This one from my man, the Felt Father, who uh, works at a local gambling establishment. I'll leave it at that. He writes to say, guys, great Zabecast this morning. I really enjoyed hearing you again with Mr. X and getting to know X2, X3, and X4. We both have a lot of similarities with our boys. Mine are 14, 17, and 20. I coach them as well. For this, I guess we can call them Felt 1, Felt 2, and Felt 3, LOL. I've got two quick stories, though. Back when the boys were younger and I was learning dice, I would practice at home and the boys would play. They learn the basics of the game, pass line, don't pass, things I would have to look for, such as a proper dice, proper as in the top and bottom always add up to seven. At the time, they were eight years old, 11 and 14. My proudest moment came to me when my eight-year-old, that'd be felt three, brought me a piece of mail and said, look, these are improper dice. The six and the one are beside each other. That's hilarious. The best moment was when Felt 2 came to me in fifth grade and asked me if he could bring some of my chips to school. I asked him why. His response was that he plays blackjack with his friends at school during recess. They play for pencils. Well, he now has a bag of pencils, so he was going to sell kids chips with their lunch money. He then explained that he does good because he told the kids that he wins all ties. I had to explain to him that he couldn't do that anymore. He's not a casino. When he walked away, I told my wife... I'm proud of that boy. Anyway, I thought I would share. Talk to you guys soon, the Felt Father. That, that is fantastic. And, of course, uh, Mr. X being a huge dice guy as well, craps guy, would appreciate that as well. Time for Notorious J-A-Y. All right, no phone ringing today. I made sure Jay was connected ahead of time. Hello, la, la, la. Hello. By the way, random thoughts before I start. Yes, sir. Is, is there any actress in American history who, was more, who is more beloved than Michelle Pfeiffer? I love Michelle Pfeiffer, and I don't care who knows it. Beloved, interesting yes. term. I, know, I found her to be a goes, bit. I found her to be a bit cold. Really, and, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yes, Michelle Pfeiffer. You are. Nobody, I, I, sorry, one word I've never heard. Eh, I don't like Michelle Pfeiffer. I can what? take her or leave her. Has I've she ever? Blah, 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 blah. Has she ever been in a rom com? Yes, I'm watching it. Uh, what is one it? Fine, one fine day with her and George Clooney. She's well, then that's the only one I've seen her in. She ain't no Catherine Heigl, I'll give you that much. Oh, Catherine Heigl's a bitch on Fuck videos. that. She's my girl. And with that, we say <laughs> hello. 
<laughs> All right. And we are off and running. By the way, I uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I declared Hannah Storm retired officially from middle-aged babedom. I, I did it reluctantly, but I had to be honest about it. I said, she's been a, one of my longtime favorites, but you know, at some point, everyone's career comes to an end. Father time is undefeated. Un- unless you're J-Lo, Jennifer Aniston, or Cindy Crawford. Anyone else who is absolutely... Carmen Electra. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Sorry. And I, I, I would, thought. I I, you know what? It. I thought at first. I was like, I thought you were going to say Cameron Diaz, and I was about no. to object because she is overrated, <laughs> big time. I have I have a new one into my pantheon of over forty. I saw a picture of last week of. I don't know if it's Kari or Carrie Champion. Oh, oh yeah. My good Lord. Oh Jesus shit. Christ. No. Kari He's Champion still. is straight fire. I don't know yeah. why ESPN let her go. Every time she I left. She said she left on her own religion. To do what? That's I don't know what she's doing, but right. goddamn she throws heat. Oh, she she was absolutely she is absolutely perfect, I think. How about Maria Taylor? A not a, a little lesser knockoff. Just okay. just like Laura, just like Laura Rutledge is a poor man's uh, Aaron Andrews. It's well, they're they're the same know. player, Aaron Andrews up here and Laura Rutledge, same player down here. Just like Maria Taylor down here, Kari Champion, way up there. Okay, all right. So there you go. For, all for right. This portion of the male chauvinist podcast. Well, you know, we're <laughs> men. We're care. men. We but have libidos. We're this men, we have we libidos, do. and we know that these are accomplished journalists and they're hardworking women, and they deserve all the success that they get coming to them for their hard work and professionalism. Mazel, mazel. Mazel, mazel. Hot women on TV. We admire we admire females who are cunning and smart and good at their jobs. No, that, yeah. that is true, actually. When it comes to hotness, you can't just put any dits up there who clearly doesn't know her shit. It's the girl, the women, women with moxie that are the most attractive. For example, you know who is high on my rankings? L. Duncan. You know what? And it's glad L. Duncan also has a little je ne sais. She's kind of a ball buster too, she which makes her extra is. hot. That's the thing. She has got major sass. And it's like she can play with the dude's level yes. of sarcasm. And I'm like, yes. I like that. I okay, think- uh, uh, how, how about this one? I, I saw this yesterday and I made a note to Mina Kimes. What are your thoughts? Zilch. She's a zilch. Okay, she, all right. I you mean, like her. I Because she doesn't take herself too seriously like Katie Nolan. By the way, when okay. we talk about white, white Me- privilege, Katie Nolan uh, is the poster child. Oh, 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 She's done go. dick. She's done dick. And yet she gets paid millions. She's done zilch, nothing, nada. That's the poster. Her and um, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, poster okay. child for white, poster child for white privilege, okay. right there. Okay, Jay, you know that some white people are allowed to succeed and allowed to have jobs. Didn't, didn't say that, but when you succeed off of nothing. That is called white privilege. Okay. Is there if, no... If you have, if see, you have no okay, resume okay, to see, stand yourself up right, on, right. that's white privilege. Okay. I think Okay, I think that Dominique Foxworth and Mina Kimes are enjoying black and Asian privilege. I think um, Pablo Torre is enjoying will, I, Hispanic privilege. I don't give think, you Pablo Torre. Don't but, think, but, don't think I don't Foxworth, look at the, at the faces and the ethnicities to think... I know ESPN being very progressive and woke is they're picking from each of the fruit baskets as they go along. And they're like, look, we got a nice, balanced, diverse on-air staff. Wait a minute. You don't agree with me on Katie Nolan? Katie Nolan is overhyped and not very talented, not very funny, and not even very good looking, to be honest. Okay. Dominique Foxworth, I actually like. Oh, God. But But here's the thing. With Katie Nolan, it's not because she's white. It's just because she filled a spot that they thought. Somebody in TV thought she was good, and she's rode that. Are you saying that Sarah Spain is riding some kind of white privilege? 
I don't know how she got to where she is either. I okay. don't get it. I, I, I don't, but because she's got really big breasts. I guess that's what you, it is. Do you, do you think, do you and think? And she does, by the way. Look at the, look I, at the pictures. I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. <laughs> she's got, she's got basically no journalism pedigree. She's got no resume that led her up to ESPN, which is a hell of a so job. So she's Will Kane. So she's the female Will Kane. There you go. Will Kane, Will Kane, again, was plucked from one of the fruit baskets at the farmer's market of conservative. And Will Kane looked good on TV, handsome dude, and could craft a very professional-sounding, right-leaning argument. So they figured, well, we should probably have one of those too. Artichokes, kumquats, corn, beets, radishes, apples, pears. Let's get them all in the basket. Wait a minute. What, what, what is your problem with Dominique Foxworth? He's not good. He says things that are so predictable. He is the most uh, shallow woke bot they have there. That's what he is, Jay. He is a woke bot. I prefer a Bomani Jones whose political angles I disagree with because there's real movement and and heat to that fastball. There's real talent and there's a uniqueness to Bomani's act, so to speak. Dominic um, Foxworth is just to me a zilch. He's a zilch ex player. You could you could swing a dead cat and hit twenty of those guys who learned to dance to the tune of the ESPN preferred narratives on things. He's, but he's not your typical ex-jock. He went to law school, if I remember correctly. Oh, hey, how about that? <laughs> but he's not. Well, no, okay, not, that's fine. Not, it's okay. Gonna... It's okay. It's okay to have him as one of your favorites. Let's compare. Do you think he is better or worse? I than... like this game, by the way. Okay, better or worse than Jay Williams? Better than Jay. Well, Jay Williams offers me nothing. He's really? he is. He is put put quarter in. You get, <laughs> okay. yeah. Jay Williams, yeah, no. Okay, is he? And I, I, I gotta be honest, I don't watch very much Sports Center right now, in part because I, there's no fucking sports, and also because I don't need the daily lectures and the struggle sessions and the hand wringing and all this stuff. I don't. So I'm just kind of steering around it till there's some highlights to be had again. Uh, what about um, what about uh, Marcus Spears? This is a problem, and uh, I'm, go- I'm going to Uh-oh. play the. I'm going to give the black whisperer for <laughs> okay. you. All right, and this is. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but whenever I hear it's something with a southern accent, and I shouldn't say this. Oh, because then, then I, how about you don't? I love no, 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 no. I it, the, the the presentation always comes out to me different but i love marty smith i love ryan mcgee i agree but he marcus spears is better than booger mcfarland he's better than damian woody there you go how about that okay there you go that's good uh damian woody versus uh your boy dominic foxworth oh dominic foxworth okay i don't know why they hired damian woody i don't get that one well uh, we'll have to see what about kendrick perkins who ripped Kyrie yesterday see again the southern accent you hear, and you go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he, and he's part of that. By the way, the the most overhyped team in our lifetime is the 2008 Celtics. Right. Oh the my! You, nothing's you impossible. Thought, Kevin Durant screaming for the they, Adidas they commercial. Went, they won. They forpeated. They won one fucking championship. That yeah. yet they talk about themselves like they <laughs> like they won three in a row. But Was, Kendrick's. Was that the year that Paul Pierce was in the wheelchair? It yes. left the court in a fucking wheelchair, which is an embarrassment. If you can't limp on one leg off the court with two people carrying you, you suck. And it was like for a nothing injury. He didn't even break his leg. Shit, I bet I bet Kevin Ware for Louisville didn't walk off <laughs> didn't go off the court in a wheelchair. He had a compound what? fracture. Why am I blanking on the the guy who um the the ESPN talking head. Uh, everybody, every time there's a job for a front office job, they were like, "Well, why don't you?" Oh, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick go. is my favorite. Lewis Riddick's excellent. No bullshit, and you get smartness. He and Bomani are my favorite. Yeah, Lewis Riddick is excellent. L- Lewis Riddick has a command of the medium, and is able to deliver points very forcefully and concisely, and doesn't just blah 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 or speaking cliches. 
All right. So having said all that, let's uh, let's start digging in. What do you make of the bubble? that the NBA has set up, which is going to include such hilarity as alarms <laughs> that will go off if somebody who's not a player is five feet from you for five seconds or more. By the way, they should use those for fucking paint violations, lane violations, <laughs> three seconds. And then secondly, things like a snitch line and I singles, singles only ping pong. Are you fucking kidding me? First of all, no, the, the the no side pieces alarm, which is pretty much what that is, <laughs> that is going to be violated quickly. There's no way these guys are going to do that. And there's no way they're going to snitch on anybody. Are you kidding me? You're going to have viral athletes in a bubble with no chicks for 30 days? Fuck that. How it's many just- How many players will bring their wife? If they have a wife, how many players who don't have wives will bring one girlfriend? I haven't thought about this, Jay, but imagine you're an NBA baller, you're under 30, you're not married, and you can bring one woman per NBA protocol. And imagine if your four different women who you're tight with are all like, hey, you're bringing me, aren't you, baby? And you're like, yeah, we'll see about that. How funny would that be? Can you imagine those conversations from an NBA player to his his coterie of ladies. Oh, that's going to happen, and you, you got to you got to make a business decision. <laughs> business you gotta decision. Make, you got to make a business decision. Hey, baby. Business, hey, baby. Yeah. You want to join me in the bubble for seven weeks for VIP accommodations, all you can eat, all you can drink, golf, leisure? Then you better step it up these next couple weeks. Oh, you know what, Jay? You ought to have a playing tournament. Amongst your girls. <laughs> Play your way right. into the bubble. <laughs> All right, ladies, go for it. That's right. Because <laughs> uh, I heard uh, um, Jalen Rose was talking about that. He was like, you want me to, my, to leave my significant other for three months? I don't think so. I ain't doing it. Yeah, well, they, I, if, they can if bring I family. Molly Karam, I wouldn't oh. do it either. I'm not clear. I, don't, I haven't read enough yet to see if they can bring girlfriends because they're not family yeah that i'm pretty sure there's somebody's gonna like what i have my girlfriend why can't i bring her right. i'm pretty sure i'm pretty somebody's sure somebody's gonna make yeah. a make a case for that if if they're gonna be testing for the rona all the time do you think some of the guys be like well you're at it you test my girlfriend for chlamydia <laughs> syphilis <laughs> and, give her pregnant, right. and give her pregnancy <laughs> test too, while yeah. you're at it Exactly. Just, like, just check under the hood for everything. Right. Every every uh, every service light on the dashboard. Check right. them all. A diagnostic check. <laughs> exactly. And they're not going to drug test them. Of all the testing they're going to do, they're not going to drug test them. And they're going to wear these. Uh, some p- players going to wear these special rings that measure heart rate and perspiration and a bunch of other stuff to detect when they might be on the verge of getting sick. It's crazy. I said, are those rings going to also detect how high are they at night, given the <laughs> fact that they're not going to be tested while they're down there? It if sounds, get, it sounds kind of fun. None, yeah. I might as well be high as hell. Fuck yeah. If they're and not the going to test, nothing. whatever goes down in my room goes down in my room. Don't not. Way, don't let the me basketball in. is going to suffer with the amount of highness. Well, it's going to suffer because they've been off for four months. Well, that's true, too. But you know what? A lot of them, I've seen pictures of like Harden and uh, what, what's the guy from Denver? Oh my God, why can't I remember his name? Nikola Jokic. He looks in great shape. I know Jokic has dropped a lot of weight. Harden's dropped some weight as well. Yeah, but no. I, but I get I guarantee you this: Ben Simmons still doesn't have a jump shot. I'm no. guaranteeing you that. No, that a fucking bum. I'll keep <laughs> like him. He's a bum, dude. Forget about that. What's up with Markel Fultz? Where is Markel Fultz? Is Marco he still Fultz. a sixer? No. I'm going to Google got, it right now. No, he got traded. And Marco Fultz had a couple of games where he scored like 13, 11, 10. Oh, he's he's an Orlando Magic. Yeah, he did not look horrible. But he's the number one pick. He did not look like a number one pick. But his jump shot, albeit, albeit still funky as hell, looks better than Ben Simmons' jump shot. All right, quick quiz this Interrupted season when he played 64 games for the Magic. What did he average points per game? With the Sixers? 
No, with the Magic because he was oh. he, this 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 year he was with Orlando. He got played two years in Philly barely, and then got traded. Six point five. No, twelve point one. Okay, all right. Uh, what do you think he shot from the field? Thirty-seven percent. Forty-seven percent. Wow. What but do you again, think? What do you think he shot from number one? I know. What do you think he shot from three? What do you think he shot from three? Oh, I'm going thirty percent. Twenty-five percent. Yeah. In fact, let me get the raw threes numbers, see if he's even jacking up any threes. Uh, totals, come on, basketball reference, you son of a bitch. Why is it so hard to find that? Um, playoff game highs, advanced, this, that, blah, blah. Um, it is pretty embarrassing. I mean, the guy is a guard. You cannot be a guard in today's day and age and not shoot threes. You can't be a four in today's game <laughs> and not say, shoot threes, right? Yeah. Yes. You've yeah. got to shoot at least over 40%. Uh, 30 of 118 threes. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, that's a lot of bricklaying right there. So his per game three attempts, uh, about two a game. That's not oh. a lot. It's not what we no. call volume shooting. He's a low volume shooter who also bricks a lot. So if he was in know. the eighties, he'd be a a, uh, a gunner. Yeah. Well, anyway, but. I'm uh I'm uh, I'm glad the NBA is going to come back. I hope it doesn't get sidetracked by a bunch of other side shit. I think the 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 social objections have been tamped down. So uh, yeah. You want to talk about this Atlanta shooting? I'm here. I don't know. This one is different than all the rest, I, but I got questions. So tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I have read this, but I, I may be wrong. So, oh, my God, what, what's his name? Chet, what was his name? Okay, Richard. Brooks? Yeah. So he was in the parking lot, in, in the, in the drive-thru. He was in the parking lot, Richard Brooks. He was in the parking lot asleep in his car at the Wendy's. Somebody okay. somebody called to complain. Officers right. showed up. It's right. on body cams were rolling, as well as surveillance yes. footage from the Wendy's. And yes. the officers were patient and polite. Brooks was pretty cool about it and he was he telling was, them he was right. he was trying to talk his way out of with it. A baby mama. Right. He and was, that's and he and he had a few drinks and right. he was in the parking lot trying to cool off and he fell asleep. If I remember him saying that. Right. He I offered could be wrong. He offered to walk home. But the officers are like, will you take a breathalyzer? And I guess he did. And I think after the breathalyzer, it might have been just a field one that doesn't give you exact reading, but it basically says either, yeah, drunk or not. They're like, I'm sorry, sir, you've had too much tonight. You're under arrest. And then he starts to wrestle with them, both the, both the cops, and he's putting up a hell of a fight. Uh, grabs one of the tasers, gets away, starts running, turns while he's running to point the taser at the officer, and I believe it was his partner who shot him from a little bit further back at a different angle. Okay, Here, here's, here's, my, here's my question. They know he had no weapons on him but a taser, right? No, they didn't know that. I thought, didn't they? They didn't frisk him? I don't know if they did or not. Maybe they did. That's, that's, that's You're probably they would have they would have frisked him before question. They had right? to. Yeah. Okay. So fine. <clears throat> so they know he has nothing on him but a taser. Right. But yet you shoot him in the back when he's running away, which is not a good look. However, the DA who today filed charges of like felony murder, which is most people say that's way overcharging, and there's going to be. Uh, perhaps some pushback on this from other elements of law enforcement. Um, the 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 taser, the DA said last week, well, the taser is a deadly weapon. He said the taser was a deadly weapon a week ago in a different case when it was used on somebody, and now he's like, oh, you can't shoot him just because he had a taser and he was pointing it at you. Either way, it's a bad deal, and what's tough is that what should the officers have done? Let him run away? Would... Okay, every optic is bad with the police after Dylan Roof. And you go, why Dylan Roof? Because the police arrested Dylan Roof, didn't rough him up, didn't beat him up. Right. And they even took him out for hamburgers because he was hungry. Well, I get the emails on this. Apparently, they brought him hamburgers. 
They didn't take him out. They brought him hamburgers, and they said that that is a common. This guy that emailed me said to tell you that is a fairly common tactic oh, to get people okay. to confess while they're in custody to give them some food. I don't know if that's true or not. But the thing about Dylan Roof is that that's a whole different police department, different people. And every police officer in the United States is not one big organism that reacts and adjusts based on what other people do. But I'm, I'm saying that that is the... But You're right. That's the optics. That's the that's optics. The optics. That's so, the optics. So the only question I have is... Hey, but but I, it's either that or you got that, you got that part, Bill and Ruth, and then you got the guy... Also, I believe in South Carolina, who shot the guy in the back and then planted the gun on him. Oh, that's horrible. That, that, that was horrible. Was, that guy was running to get out of like a parking ticket yes. or something, like speeding or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. But do you know that there was a white woman shot in her car by police that barely made news? Uh, Unarmed? Did, did, did not hear that one. It's horrible. I know. Caroline Small is her name, I believe. Uh, hold on. Let me make sure the date is correct. No, that was from 10 years ago. I had it uh, uh, oh, one day ago. Yeah, here you go. Missouri. Hannah Pfizer. Let's see. Uh, investigators found no weapon inside the car driven by a Sedalia woman who was shot and killed Saturday by a Pettis County deputy. The deputy who has not been publicly identified shot 25-year-old Hannah Pfizer during a traffic stop. White woman. Look her up. Hannah. I know. I'm, I'm looking this up now. Hannah and Pfizer. The- I mean, just now the cop said that the woman told him, I got a gun and I'm going to shoot you. They found no gun. Horrible, right? Yes. But we I'm don't hear about the story. That. See, like. The, this shooting, while bad, I don't think had race involved at all. He was he was drunk. Um, it, like but, you, you, like here's the deal. Okay, so don't shoot him in the back while he's running away. Got it. What What are you gonna do? Let him just run away? He I, might he might go carjack somebody. You really? You know where? What, do you know his? By the way, do you know his arrest record as well? It's, Did he have one? Oh, Jay, it is a shit show. Again, something you're not going to hear from the mainstream media. But again, but again, I know it's not, shooting in, in the back, in running state, away is not good. The only thing that you have to say is, well, what should they do? Is he a potential danger to the you know immediate area as he's running from the cops? And are we not going to prosecute drunk driving? He was. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, and I'm saying he should have, but I would have let that guy sleep in his car. Okay. Or or let him walk home. Somebody said. Somebody said. Why can't the cops call him an Uber? That's... And, <laughs> what? That... What? That was a legitimate no, comment no, no, somebody made about I'm this. I'm laughing because what? What is the big deal about that? Or I mean, like I said, let. Or how about this? because why the cops? Just... The cops are not your mom. <laughs> or, or or drive him home like Otis well, from, from Andy Griffith. Well, I mean, if, if it was Mayberry and not Atlanta, maybe so. I don't know. I think it was a horrible use of deadly force, but with some very tough questions that have to be asked. I don't think race was really the motivating oh, no, no. factor this, in this. This was just bad policing. Bad policing, bad outcome, and at the end of the day, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, so we do we want cops to even stop people who are drunk drivers uh, or to not arrest them or just let them wrestle them and then grab their taser or gun and, and, and run away? Like, how does that work exactly, you know? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's tough. The, the, the only part that I have to raise my eyebrow is if he had no weapons and you knew all he had was a taser. I guess. You, you, that that would be important you, to know you, if, if, if you, if you had the him. hammer. Right. You kind of had the hammer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hell, if I'm a cop, I would just take all the bullets out of my gun. But if I'm a cop, I might be rethinking my career choices right now. There is a strong possibility that a lot of Atlanta police officers are not going to sit well with this absolutely over-the-top felony murder charge where the death penalty could be in play, they say. 
for this officer. Did Did you see the uh, the um, police chief resign? Yeah. And I was and police I, chief is black, I think. No, white. She's a oh. white woman. Oh. The mayor is black. Oh, okay. The mayor is black. Mayor is but black. I, DA is black. Police chief yeah. is white. But I, I saw the police chief, and I, I, I'd seen her in the HBO documentary about the Atlanta child murders, and I was like, this woman's sharp. She gets it. Yeah. And she quit. I'm like, I don't know why she quit. Well, she's was- white. The, you, the optics, Jay, again, it, it, it's a, it, we're, it, things are being run by optics now, which, can, which is really dangerous if you think about it. And I just worry that, you know, in a world without police, crime is going to be booming. Like I said, I'll I'll take my, I'll take my thing, pay them more money, train them better. There you go, amen Let's, to that. Let's move on to less controversial news, like Aunt Jemima finally being retired. Huzzah, huzzah, or a bit much. Do you know the, do, do you know the whole story with Aunt Jemima? Do you know? I know I know the basics of it. I know that she was a minstrel character back in the day. Yeah, they, it was like they hired this woman named. Nancy Green, if yes. I remember correctly, yes. Nancy Green, and, and I believe they debuted her. And I'm, I might get this wrong. I think it was like the Chicago World's Fair. Yeah, and she would like sing songs and mm-hmm. flip pancakes. So she wasn't the real Angel Mama, but they had her play the character. I think she quit like years later. 130 years of it, and Aunt Jemima's image on the uh, pancake syrup had been sort of softened in yeah. recent they, years. No, they gave her a perm at one point. Yeah, <laughs> I've already seen a number of potential replacements, including one of Sheila, a black civil rights attorney with a very short haircut and kind of a look on her face like, mm-hmm. You know, no. they're going to get rid of Uncle Ben's next. Well, do you know who Uncle Ben was? I do not. He was... Ben Carson? No, no. no. <laughs> Put Ben Carson on instead. I think that would be that might be met by as much outrage as the actual Uncle Ben. No, no. Uh, Uncle Ben was like a guy who was great at growing rice and was an entrepreneur who would sell his rice. The only problem is that the Uncle Ben image on the box became used as a bit of a stereotype. Okay. So he really wasn't. It wasn't a nefarious thing. It's like, yeah, he's really good at making and growing and selling rice. So it's Uncle Ben's rice. But I can see where some people would say it's been used as a stereotype. The cream of wheat guy got retired. Got it. He's, yeah, he's got to go too now. Well, no, he was gone in the 20s. I think they called okay. him Rasta or something. Oh, like cream, cream of wheat was a daily, was daily, was consumed daily. At our kit, at our oh, breakfast it's, table, it's before good stuff. School. Yeah, love cream of wheat. Fills up the stomach, sticks to the ribs. Good stuff. Uh, Miss, on a cold one a day. Miss Buttersworth is in trouble now. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Really? Yes. They're Are we now saying Mrs. Butterworth is black. I don't know. I think I don't know. I just know the bottle comes in the shape of a woman, which I always thought was kind of badass. And she's a married woman, Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah. See, I just want. Here's what I want. I just want to be able to have represented the um, successful, talented, southern black female chef, you know, that can can really cook, and you'd feel welcome. You'd come and visit, and she'd be like, come on in, and you'd sit down for a great meal. That's not racist. That's not a stereotype. Like That's like the lady from the Popeye's commercials. They're, right. And what do you think her name would be? You were to guess, Beulah. <laughs> Beulah. Uh, should the Dick should the Dixie Chicks change their name because now that's being oh, asked because Lady Antebellum. About Antebellum does have some terrible connotations. Well, it, it refers to the pre-war South, which yes, yes. had slavery, so which yeah. was not a happy time. Nope. I love the Dixie. I love the Dixie Chicks. How do you not like the Dixie Chicks? They got a new album coming out in July, according to Scott. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I thought they really disappeared for a while. And I said, do you think it'll be as good as Wide Open Spaces? He goes, no, nothing can be as good. And nothing said, can be as That's right. And I'm like, yeah. you're, you're right. Uh, you know, Cowboy Take Me Away, Earl. Goodbye, Earl. Right. So, all right. Can well, we, Can we quickly talk about the, did you watch the 30 for 30, the, the Sammy Sosa, Mark let's, McGuire? Let's talk about that. Go. I didn't it watch it. Shit. I didn't oh, watch it, but I'm. It's a piece I'm, of shit. Really? Why? Yeah, be, because they waited until because I I kept watching it and 
my best friend growing up, Greg, we, we were texting throughout the whole thing because he lives in St. Louis and I lived there too with him for like a year. So I, you know, and I was, you know, asking him about what it was like for the chase. And we kept going, when are they going to bring up the steroids? When, and, and that and Sammy Sosa's face were two big problems with the documentary. Oh, yeah. They waited until an hour and 50 minutes in to quickly gloss over the steroid controversy. That's like having a documentary about OJ and not putting in the killing of Nicole and yeah. Ron Goldman. Oh, by the like way, that. yeah, he had terrible. a little, he had a little trouble with the law. Yeah, he, he got tripped up a little bit over some sunglasses. But hey, you don't right. need to know about that. Let's go back to OJ's awesomeness. But I mean, it was a piece. Of, it was like a love letter yeah. to Mark McGuire, he, and they showed him getting in the uh, St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Huzzah! Huzzah! Yeah, you'll who never cares? Get, you'll never get in the real Hall of Fame, Mark. So, yeah. Yeah, it was he's still a piece of shit. he's still beloved there. Sammy Sosa's a pariah in Chicago. hasn't back been back to Wrigley in sixteen years. Of course, it ended badly with him there. So I don't know. I traded to Baltimore. Yeah, after that, if you remember, yep, <laughs> struck out a metric ton too, didn't he? He he was terrible. What he was on, horrible. Didn't Albert Bell end up on the same team in Baltimore with him? No, I think Albert and Sammy did not cross paths. But Albert was an Oriole, right? Albert was a Oriole and a mean and surly one yeah he get a sign over his locker any uh any questions you'd like to ask me email me like like nobody talked to him hey, email God, me yeah. email me using your CompuServe account on your blackberry right. signed right. 2003 <laughs> oh my god um here's the thing about steroids and mcguire and sosa i too jay have no appetite for like feeling good about that race because it was completely fraudulent and when people say, but, you know, you still have to be a great hitter. Got to be able to hit a fastball, recognize a curve. And, they, you know, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. If steroids had nothing to do with it or very little, how come nobody has sniffed it since? Hmm? Hmm? I, I always hmm. like to point out people who say that, and I just have one name. Brett Boone. Yeah. Go, go look at Brett Boone's numbers for, like, Three or four years, Brett Boone was averaging 50 home runs. Or Brady then, Anderson. Or, one year. That was one year. 52. That was one year. Yeah. And, and, Surprise. And Brett, Brett Boone got off the stuff, and his career took a tilt. Brett yeah. Boone. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to watch it and see how it goes. No, no it's nothing. It's, no, it's, it's nothing. It's not going to do anything for you. It's like an open love letter to Mark McGuire. Really? And that's all it is. Yeah, it's it's piece of shit. Okay, fair enough. It, and, it's almost as bad as the Lance Armstrong one, who, by the way, Lance Armstrong oh, is what a bag. He what is an a asshole, dickhead, yes. total asshole, narcissist. Yeah. You want to see narcissistic personality traits live and in living color? There's Lance Armstrong. Lance for you. Armstrong and yes. and many media members, Jay, profited greatly off the Lance Armstrong fairy tale that they just wanted to be true. Cancer survivor. American dominating a sport that Americans don't give a shit about. What a great story. Yellow rubber bands to raise money. Oh, it's he's just one. Dating Cheryl Crow. Yeah. How about oh, that for a brief time? Awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, the reporter that brought up the Andro thing on McGuire's locker was vilified for doing so. It, was attacked by La Russa and and a bunch of other people. It's like, oh, sorry I got in the way of this fairy tale. And they talked about that, and a lot of the writers are still slurping up at Mark McGuire. Well, we didn't even know how to say it, and like, really? Okay, uh, you didn't know it was a. You and, didn't do and some work. You didn't do some work to find know out. What? <laughs> you didn't do some work to find out it was a masking agent. Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah. Okay. When there's a good story, and this is true, we could do a whole show on this, Jay, of good stories that very few people wanted to step up and go, hold on a second. Michelle Wee would be an example. My buddy Cowboy Mike sent me a blog post from when Michelle Wee Mania was at its peak when she was trying to qualify for men's events like the U.S. Open. And he said, read this. He said, it's laughable because they covered her with every shot like she was going to be the future of golf, not just on the women's side, but on the men's side as well. And Mike and I knew, and other golfers knew, yeah, she's good, and she hits it kind of long for a girl, but no fucking way. But people bought into it because they wanted to. It was a good story. 
Tebow, Jay. Another oh, one. Oh, God, that is. Another uh, one that I'll never forget. The one guy at ESPN that said, I don't, he's terrible. I don't know why people think he's good, was Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge, yes, and was 100% correct. And what did he win for that? Nothing. Skip Bayless, who embraced Tebow Mania, pimped him to the moon $6 million a year now. That's what gets paid. All right. Oh, wait a minute. But before we go, I the, this segment that I wanted to do, but we did other great stuff. You can use this on the show if you like. Since everything is now getting canceled, Dave. Yes. Every monument. Yes. Three sporting events from your lifetime that you can cancel. What would they be? Sporting events that I could cancel. Like Meaning me. Pain- 2000, oh. 2005, Rose Bowl, USC, and Texas. I'm canceling that shit. Jay, that's a great <laughs> That's a great topic, man. The sports producer in you still is strong. Hey, I know. I'm going to use this one. Uh, cancel. Okay, well, surely I would cancel Black Sunday, Raiders, Redskins, Super Redskins. Bowl in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> Gone in gone in uh, sixty one seconds. Maryland Duke. Yeah, that's canceled. That yeah, never yeah, that's uh, no, no. Yes, yes. Okay, because that was at Cole Fieldhouse, right? That was at Cole Fieldhouse. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't erase the up twenty on Duke at the Final Four in Minnesota because no, I because that worked out the next year they won it. No, Jay. No, you have that a... was all in. The, by the way, they're both in the same year. By the way, too. I know. I know. That was a hell of a year. God, I would love... rather cancel the gun in sixty-one seconds. I would cancel. Uh, I would cancel Villanova beating Georgetown in the uh, championship game. That See? one. That one sucked. See, so you you get to pick three. I would. Uh, I would go cancel. Uh, oh boy, I'd cancel Vinny Serrato three times. Sort of like, <laughs> sort of like Toby Flenderson, like like Michael Scott. <laughs> Saying if I had a gun with three bullets, I'd use them all on Toby. You really, you really hate Vinny. Yeah. Or just, or I mean, I'd I shouldn't hate him. hate him that much. Vinny was a symptom and a byproduct of a of a boy owner who didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Dan Snyder kept him as his errand boy because he was easy to push around. He was a proxy canceling? GM. Uh, I would, uh, I would cancel the Wizards. Ernie Grunfeld. 20 oh. times over, but he but finally look, got I fired. Ernie was a piece of shit GM. He was even a piece of shit one in Milwaukee. He was terrible. He he had very little success, maybe a little bit with the Knicks. He was one no, of those guys. He did not have success with the Knicks. No. I look, I look, because there's this run of former players who are GM, like Wally Walker, who was horrible in Portland. Um, Willis Reed was terrible. God, he's he's dead now. But Wes Unsell was a terrible GM. Yeah, I mean, but it, but but Elgin but Baylor. with but with Wes though, what did he have to work with? An owner in Abe Poland who was cheap as sin, and a dysfunctional franchise that had Susan O'Malley basically pulling the strings because Susan was like Wes's daughter. I mean, it was not a good situation. I'm not sure anyone could have okay. thrived. Well, John Nash sure didn't. No, no, <laughs> I mean, look, no, it's, the Wizards are a black hole of failure, man. How about, right. how about this one? Would you cancel um, when Abe Poland died and his son couldn't get the money up? Would you cancel that so you can get him the money and he can buy the Redskins? Oh, so not Abe. It's not, it could have, not Abe Poland. Um, um, Jack um, Ken Cook's son. The Jack son. Cook's son. Yeah, yeah didn't no, have the money, right? No, John no? Ken Cook. He, didn't, he had no stomach for running the team. He liked to be on his yacht in the Bahamas. Fuck him. I think I think that was actually we dodged a bullet on that one. As bad as Snyder has been, never forget Jay. There could always be somebody worse. Are you ready for fuck that guy? I am ready. Okay, here we go. By the way, I've got a new first time ever FTG. Oh, new concept. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Jay. Who wins your FTG of the week? I have a co-one. It's Tony Clark and Rob Manfred for ruining the, ruining the sport that I love. That they these two dummies yeah. can't come to an agreement, That's... and they're just going to they're just going to fuck the sport that I love. And also, wait a minute, let me. Nah, I'll just throw in those two. But okay. it's a lot more people. But those two are the, the they have the biggest hand in this. My runner-up is Dr. Fauci, who's back again for some reason. 
Who I now thought she s- liked him. No, fuck him. He's a fraud. He's okay. one of the biggest frauds ever. He's said a million different things about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. He's a guy that has a chip on every number on the roulette wheel with this virus. <laughs> Fauci now says MLB should consider not playing into October. Hey, Doc, a little late for that right now. They've been arguing over a season that presumes a playoffs, which will be worth a lot of money in October. It's going to happen. They're just going to have to deal with it. No, my FTG goes to a girl. Fuck that girl. Gwyneth Paltrow put out a candle today called Smells Like My Orgasm. It's $75, and it's sold out within hours. I say FTG, fuck that girl, because I wish I had thought of this. She's a genius. I hate her. She's selling candles that I'm sure don't smell like her orgasm or her. They're just catchy names, and people are buying them. I hate Gwyneth Paltrow so much. She really is something else. Oh, my. She's insufferable. But like the Kardashians, she's real good at making money for herself. That's true. That's true. All right, Jay, my brother, good to talk to you. We'll chat next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Let's end on this. I remember very little from historical impressionist period art growing up and going to elementary school. But I do remember the names Van Gogh and Gauguin. In fact, they're probably, I'd say the three painters I can remember from art classes in in elementary school and maybe middle school, maybe high school, would be Van Gogh, Gauguin, Raphael and um, Picasso. There, you, There's the four right there. That's it. That's the list. I'm out. Anyway, an interesting piece of collectibilia in the art world sold for over 210,000 European pounds or euros, I think is what it is. It is a letter from both Gauguin and Van Gogh describing, amongst other things, their visits to the French brothels in the 19th century. The correspondence previously held in private hands has been described as exceptional. It was following an argument with Gauguin a few weeks after the writing of the letter that Van Gogh cut off his most of his left ear before walking to a nearby brothel to present it to a farmer's daughter who was working as a maid. Gauguin abruptly called a halt to his plans to spend a year with the Dutch artist, lamenting that his friend had gone, quote, raving mad. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, my my roommate cut off his ear. The two artists have been collaborating on what was going to be the first steps towards releasing Van Gogh's dream of establishing a utopian colony of painters. Van Gogh wrote, amongst other things, Gauguin interests me greatly as a man, greatly. For a long time, it seemed to me that in our filthy job as painters, so funny, our filthy job, we have the greatest need of people with the hands and stomach of a laborer. More natural tastes, more amorous and benevolent temperaments than the decadent and exhausted Parisian man about town. Were they gay? Not that there's anything wrong with it. He wrote that Gauguin is an unspoiled creature with the instincts of a wild beast. He also said, with Gauguin, blood and sex have the edge over ambition. But enough of that. You've seen him close at hand longer than I have. Just wanted to tell you first impressions in a few words. This was a joint letter to a third party that has been preserved. It was written in French. Gauguin, in response to this, gently mocked his friend in his portion of the letter, saying, Do not listen to Vincent. He is, as you know, easy to impress and ditto to be indulgent. Vincent has done two studies of falling leaves in an avenue, which are in my room and which you would very much like. Ah, yes, falling leaves in an avenue. Sadly, relations between the men quickly soured, and shortly before Christmas, Van Gogh asked Gauguin whether he was planning to leave. Yeah, man, you're fucking crazy. I'm out. When the French artist confirmed that he was leaving, the two men had a furious argument. Later in the day, Van Gogh took a razor and cut off most of his ear. Eighteen months later, he was dead after shooting himself in a field near his doctor's house in the northern French village 
of Auvergne-sur-Ois. That's a hell of a collectible right there, man. I don't know what you'd do with that other than frame it and keep it, but that's pretty badass. A letter by Van Gogh and Gauguin about their visits to brothels with some other kind of weird, like, bro, why do you have feelings for me? I mean, it's cool and all, but I don't know if I swing that way. And by the way, we're roommates, and uh, we didn't do the dishes last night, so yeah, it's going to have to change or I might have to bounce. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for downloading tomorrow. It's Friday. Yay, Friday. Are you part of the Friday Club? Have you subscribed? If not, I'd love it if you did, but no obligation. We appreciate those who pay for quality content. I know I do it for a number of subscription services for media, newspapers, and streaming audio. And if you do it for me, God bless you. It keeps me motivated, energized, and able to keep doing more and more. We've changed to Red Circle, so go to Red Circle and sign up there. You can see it on my Twitter feed as well in the header. It's Zabecast Premium. You'll see it right there. If you get a chance to do that, that'd be wonderful. You can get 12 months for the price of 11 And best of all, get your Zabe delivered to any platform except for a couple that you like. If you want to go month to month, you can do that as well. Rate and review as always so our algorithmic overlords bless our crops. And in the meantime, have a great Thursday and we will see you tomorrow.